Hello and welcome to another episode of the Five at the Back Soccer Podcast. We are here, season three, episode number two. Guys, welcome back for another wonderful season. Uh, for some reason, the free station that we that doesn't ever pay us for anything happened to renew our contract and let us come back to uh, talk about this again. Uh, I'm I'm stoked, uh, honestly, this season. Uh, even in just the first two weeks, we've seen some some pretty interesting games. I, I would love to say that we've seen a bunch of great games. I don't know that we've seen a bunch of great games, but we have seen some really, really interesting results. It, I, I think is the, probably the best way to put it. Uh, but this, this season looks like it's going to kick off pretty well. Spurs overperforming. Liverpool playing no talent competition. Uh, United not being kind of looking like the new United and the old United in back-to-back weeks. Uh, it's been, it's been interesting. Um, yeah. I think we've got a lot of really exciting things to talk about, uh, but to start today, I think we should kick it off. Let's talk about Real Madrid's big money bid for Mbappe. Christian, what do you think about that? So Real Madrid's uh, fire sale, uh, was evident today when they decided to, you know, bid 160 million for uh, the up-and-coming best player in the world. Apparently, PSG have declined their offer, so I they will probably have to uh, sell one or two more players to raise that the funds for uh, a little bit more. Unfortunately, I think Mbappe is probably probably going to go for about 200 million. I think right Ooh. for PSG to really to really sell. I mean, they don't care if they lose him in a year's time for nothing, right? They don't care about money. They just don't. I mean, they really would have to not care about money because that's a massive, massive right. offer. I mean, and he's only got this is his final year coming up. So, right. I mean, is there any other team in the world that turns down an offer of 160 million euro for any of their players? No. No, absolutely not. And it's so it's it's funny the the whole PSG uh, Spain thing. So a few years ago, you know, Barcelona were trying to buy someone from uh, PSG. It may have been Mbappe, but I don't think so. Maybe it was trying to get Neymar back. And uh, and PSG just flat out said, if if you go ahead with this, then we're just going to buy everybody from your team. Like we'll buy all of all of their their buyout clauses. Right, we'll just go straight through and get the ball, including Messi. So Barcelona backed off. And uh, so Real Madrid are just, they're just playing with fire right now, bidding for Mbappe. Do you find it, do you find it interesting? Do you guys find it interesting he's in the same tier as Kane? Because uh, Spurs want $200 million apparently for Kane, and then um, Real is bidding $200 million for Mbappe, who's a lot younger. No, Levy and and. Spurs fans in general are just nuts. <laughs> Kane is a is an amazing center forward, right? He's not Lewandowski, but he's really, really good. Mbappe's got it all: speed, right, control, can dribble, can shoot, can score. He's got, you know, yeah, he's got it all. He is a Madrid player. It's like so you have some players, right, who are destined for clubs. So Gareth Bale was a United player. He was, you know, but he went to uh, <clears throat> Madrid. You know, Ronaldo, those kind of players, they just live for that big, 
the big clubs where they play counter-attacking football, where they play quick, go for it. Yeah. He is a Real Madrid player. Mbappe would be one of those Galactic. One of those what, Kyle? Galactico signings that everyone talks about. Yeah, sure. The, right. the Galactico signings, like the yeah. big major signings that they always attribute to Madrid. Um, I mean, it seems like whether it's this year or next, he's destined to go to Madrid. Um, but I think Charles made a good point. PSG is probably the only team in the world that can and would turn down a 160 million euro bid for a player. Cause like you said, they're not hurting for money. So I, and I, I know that I, this, this, sorry, this pod kind of focuses on Premier league, but it, you bring up kind of an interesting, you know, idea, Kyle, with the, you know, Mbappe is a, a Galacticos type signing and player. Who else? Because <clears throat> Madrid had a fire sale. Who who else stands out as a Galacticos type player that Real Madrid would pursue as well? I, I mean, they've they've gotten rid of a bunch of their talent. A bunch of their talent is aging as well. I mean, you, Christian, you talked about it earlier. Um, they need to look for a Modric replacement. Uh, Benzema is not going to hang around, you know, that much longer. Uh, Tony Cruz is not going to be, you know, playing at a high level there for very much longer. So, you know, who else kind of fits that same potential starlet narrative? Kai Havertz. Okay. And he was, um, so prior to the pandemic. Wait, when what, who? Kai Havertz, Champions League winner. You're saying he is but, a Galactico type signing? I'm saying he has the potential to be. Oh my! Word. He's young. Look, prior look prior to COVID and um, the world basically falling apart, Madrid were the odds-on favorite to sign Havertz had he left. Uh, one of the reasons that Chelsea were able to move on him is because Madrid couldn't afford uh, to pay the transfer fee for him. Um, I, it's hard to say right now. Players based on their current. Uh, form who would be a collect ghost type signing but Mbappe is pretty nailed on um, I would say Kai Havertz obviously Christian doesn't agree with me and that's fine but Holland would be the other one right yeah the other that's forward Holland. but if you get if you get Mbappe you're not getting Holland and vice versa so how how good would that work though or how good would that be to have Holland and Mbappe I mean, it would be amazing. I, and it went great. Do you, do you go, do you switch automatically to a 4 4 2 just so you can put yeah. those two up top together? 100%, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, could you, the, you the imagine real... watching Holland and Mbappe coming at you at full speed? No, I, I wouldn't <laughs> like to, unless they're on for my team. That's what the only thing I want to, I want to think about. Um, but no, like, so here's the other thing that I kind of want to, want to just, you know, throw out there what what in the midfield it seems like right now across europe's top four leagues we're we're seeing we don't see those those top midfielders like we did even a decade ago those those big name midfielders that are really uh extremely creative uh extremely dominant uh, you know, we, we're, I think we're, I feel like we're in a gap. So, you know, I really, uh, is there anybody out there that st- stands out to you in the, I don't know, 18 to 23 range that could become a household name midfielder 
uh, for in any one of the big clubs. No. Perfect. Thanks for the interjection. You're welcome. <laughs> um, I think, I think, I think the way um, football is going, you know, you mentioned a decade ago, 15 years ago, players had more defined roles, you know, the midfielders from the prem, you know, skulls, uh, Lampard, uh, Gerard, you know, they were true out and out center, center midfielders. You know, they played through the midfield, even with, uh, Kai Havertz, Mason Mount, for example, from Chelsea, you know, they play midfield positions, but they also can move around, you know, Kai Havertz played a false nine, uh, Mount's played on the wing before. So I think there's more Swiss army knife type midfielders now than there were, you know, back in 10, 15 years ago. So I, I don't know if there's a true like out and out midfielder in that age range that you could pencil in as the next potential Galacticos type midfielder. Um, uh, maybe not today, but we need to drill down on this Havertz uh, conversation, Kyle. Because I don't think he was even in your team last season until like maybe the last month of the, the season. But maybe that's for a different well, a different discussion that we can have uh at a different time. So let's not that, put him as a world-class world center forward. I'm that, a midfielder right now. I, th- I think I think a, a reassessment after, say, December of this season would be a good idea because I know, I, and, and I'm going to stand up for Kyle a little bit here, um, I know Havertz suffered for, from COVID early on in the season last year, and that took him out for months. Um, so he his recovery back from that may have been – you know, directly affected yeah, by he, COVID. So he apparently had a really bad bout of COVID. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I mean, but that still, it still begs the question of, you know, w- will we see what, co- you know, Havertz was supposed to be? And and if we start to see that in this coming season, yeah, maybe that conversation is a worthy one for sure. Uh, but until he shows that, I mean, at the moment, uh, I mean, this is, Kyle's going to hate this, but he's nothing more than a semi-starter. So, I mean, he's, he's in yeah, a rotation. But I think, That's all he is. But I think that drills down to the point. It's, you know, it's not, it's hard to pinpoint, you know, the next top, top level players at all levels. You know, Mbappe broke on the scene when he was young. I mean, he did it at Monaco. He's done it at PSG. We know he'll do it at Madrid if he ends up going there. Holland, he's, he's scored loads of goals at every club he's been at. You know, he's scored 62 goals in 62 games for Dortmund. I mean, that's just an insane return. So, you know, you don't have that same like stats that jump out at you from players like Kai Havertz, but the potential is there is the only argument I would make. I'm not saying he's there yet or if he will ever reach those heights, but the potential in his game based on what people. And there we go. So that's right. enough about Kyle Havertz tonight, <laughs> I think. So this weekend... Chris, Chris oh. pulled the plug. He was tired of it. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't call. Kyle, you broke up. Kyle, you broke up. All right. So um, other, other, very briefly, other transfer rumors that are going around. I know this one was one of Christian's favorites. Uh, possibility of uh, Cristiano Ronaldo to Man City. Um, I think widely uh, amongst those of us that are friends of the pod, it's been a, uh, a, a great thing to laugh at. Uh, none of us actually take it seriously. 
I would put that very, very low in the possibility um, meter. Uh, and then there's a, 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 I don't know what's going on, but apparently Spurs are being uh, connected with everybody right now. Um, well, everybody that you haven't heard of except for Weston McKinney um, and Adama Traore. It's, uh, I mean, honestly, out of, out of those, I mean, the, the Adama Traore thing seems the most likely to, to actually go through before next week. Wouldn't you say? Yeah. Oh, for sure. And and he's he's he fits their uh, their profile perfectly, right? He does. He does. He I mean, can he's he can take quick. the ball, yeah, yeah, up the field yeah. and then do nothing with it. Right. Exactly. I can hear Scott right now. Oh no, no, that's not true. Let me show you the stats. I'll show you the stats real quick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm bust uh, out the XG. So officially from the five at the back soccer podcast uh, Spurs, we wish you the best of luck in, and uh, we hope you can acquire Adama Traore. We think it'd be great. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. All right. Sending that positive vibes. All right. So let's, uh, let's move on from transfers. Let's talk this past weekend. We had some, uh, like I said, we had some interesting games. Uh, I mean, I'll kick it over to, to Eric and Jen real quick. You guys want to talk about the, uh, the lower league team you guys face this weekend? <laughs> hey, look, I can't argue with it. You guys said at the beginning of the podcast, you know, we, we haven't played competition yet. That's to come on, uh, on Saturday, 1230 should be a good match. We'll talk about it a little bit later in the pod, but you know, a couple of things jumped out of me in this game is one, th- one, um, uh, thing is I was glad to see Mane get his goal and last year in, Bobby, the game before that last year, I was, I, I was, you know, riding them hard with uh, Milk Carton Mane and rarely seen Roberto because they just did not have a good year last year, except towards the end when we really had needed to have them for that little run where we had 10 unbeaten, stuff like that at the end. He started pulling together and they had a nice off season to rest. Um, we were mentioning that what was it? Havertz had uh, COVID early in the season last year. Same thing with Mane. Mane had COVID last year. So maybe that had a little to do with it. And he plays all the AFCON uh, tournaments and we ran really random all the other uh, cup games and random, really random into the ground, but he looks to be refreshed this year. And hopefully for us, uh, maybe that can stay. So his goal really jumped out of me um, as something we can watch, hopefully going forward. Uh, We need those guys to be firing at all cylinders, but we also had a a Jada scoring. Jada was such a great signing last year and we didn't see the whole of him because he also, him too, of course got injured. So we didn't see, uh, a whole lot of him. What we did see was really, really promising for us, and and he's uh, scored early here in the season, so that looks good. He's always Johnny on the spot, always involved in, in the game, and always uh, can find the holes in in uh, you know the coverages, and and always you know pounces on the loose balls and either passing or shooting. It just always seemed to be Johnny on the spot um, with in that regard. But another thing that impressed me last year, we didn't do such a good job of of being physical with these teams, and Burnley got really physical with us. You know, I didn't have a problem with it. Clop after the game, name checks some players and maybe calls didn't go our way. But I personally like them playing rather than giving yellow cards every other minute and VAR interjecting itself. So I love Klopp. He's my guy, but I just I couldn't really back him on that. I, I, I don't mind a physical game. And like I said, going back to my original point, that it impressed me that we didn't, we didn't back down. I think there were times last year where we were so worn out or you know injury riddled or what have you or – you know, mentally done that we didn't fight back, you know, and I think a lot of times during this last match against Burnley, we took their crap and we gave it right back to them, I think, which was great. And one of the greatest instances of that is our youngster, Harvey Elliott. I mean, they banged Harvey, an 18 year old kid all up and down the pitch and he took it and then got right back. I mean, had the game winning assist or the second goal assist, I should say for that Mane goal. But, 
But uh, like I said, he didn't take it either, which was not seen last year. So, uh, you know, we'll see. We got the preview coming up with Chelsea and uh, I'll just leave it there. But it's a it's a good match. What do you guys think? I, you know, it, it was a, I, I, and I, I don't mean to, no, I do actually. Uh, yeah. It's, it's complete disrespect to the team that you played. Um, the, you guys have had the, the perfect setup to the beginning of the season, essentially with two preseason warmups as your first two games. And I, I don't know who Klopp had to pay off at the FA uh, to get the schedule, to, but it's a dream start. I mean, any top team would love that. They would love the opportunity to go out and play two relatively pressure-free games. Um, I mean, look at like, Brentford got the same thing in their first game. Um, it's a fair point. Yeah. So it, it's it, the game itself. Was it was it super interesting? Nah, not really. Uh, great opportunity for Liverpool to work on stuff. Uh, to develop themselves even more, which, I mean, you know, leading up to your game uh, this this weekend, that's exactly what you want. You want an opportunity to prepare. Um, so your real test comes this weekend, and that's where we're going to see where you guys actually are in relation to where you finished off last season. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, you showed well, but you should have showed well. Right. That's So, you know, did what you're supposed to do, and that's honestly sometimes that's how you win the league is by beating the teams that you're supposed to beat, which – it's also how you can lose the league by not beating them. Exactly. Because, I mean, you should be taking maximum points from a team like Burnley if, if you feel the team like Liverpool. So, I mean, and that's been Chelsea's Achilles heel for a while, too. And you look at us from last year, we had, I mean, it was a disaster for a year all the way around until the rally at the end. But we had a, a decent winning record. I don't have it in front of me, but versus the top, quote, top six teams. But then the bottom four or five, we, gathered maybe eight or nine points all year from all of them. So you've got that's, a great point. You know? Yeah, it's true. That's what thing happened to Kaza? <sighs> Lack of mental focus. I maybe taking them too lightly and, oh, it's just, uh, you know, wh- whomever, you know, was down. Um, I can't remember, you know, one nil at infield or a one, one draw. And I can't remember who it was. I think they went back down. I can't remember, but that really killed me. Cause we should have, uh, it wasn't Norwich cause they weren't up, but I can't remember. But anyway, I, maybe mental fatigue. I, I have no idea, you know. But I heard it was the wind, rain, sleet, and snow. No, it was not that. <laughs> oh, all right. right. So United Southampton, Charles. So That's, obviously yes. disappointed by the result. Extremely. Uh, any changes that you would uh, like to see on the team? Yeah. Um, the. The that match was honestly a the a worst case scenario for Ole because it shows where his more or less stubbornness um, with team selection uh, doesn't work and sometimes he makes like he start he started off with a a lineup that didn't work and then the changes that he made were not the not the right changes to to readjust the squad. Um, I mean, you, putting Fred and Matic together, I, that one I, I still I, I've questioned Marks about because why? Why would you put those two together? You didn't put them together in preseason at all. Um, you, had a, you had a couple of preseason matches where you put uh, Van de Beek and Matic together and it worked extremely well. Uh, so what's missing here? And I mean, that's the question that all of us United fans have been asking is where is Donny Van de Beek? 
why why isn't he getting a chance and i mean i even made a a point on twitter over the weekend it's like i mean even dan even dan james is getting chances from the get-go dan james has gotten opportunities to show what he is i don't think and christian you can correct me if i'm wrong i don't think van de beek is worse than dan james all right he's definitely deserving of the opportunity to show show more um so that's you know I, I get McTominay was out due to a, a possible injury or, you know, wanted to protect him a little bit. Okay. That's fine. Uh, but why, you know, why bring him a possibly injured McTominay in over Van de Beek? So I think comparing Dan James and Van de Beek, especially uh, against, against Leeds, right? He, he already knew how he was going to play against Leeds. Sure. So, uh, so I, the problem with Van de Beek has that he's competing against Fernandez and, and Pogba, right? Right. And uh, both of those guys are on fire. You know, Pogba's set up five goals in the last two games. Bruno's got a hat-trick. He's never going to drop those guys. Right. So I think Van der Beek needs to... I think when Varane gets in, right, I think he will go to one defensive midfielder. I really do. And I think because he has pace... Mm-hmm. When you have like Maguire, who's as slow as uh, you taking a penalty, hey. right? <clears throat> and then and Lindelof, who can't read the game if his life depended on it, mm-hmm. you know. So you have Varane, who's gonna who's gonna sweep and cover. So I think we'll just play that one defensive midfielder, and I think Van der Beek will play a lot more, uh, starting probably from this week onwards. Okay. So I know there's a big call right now for United fans. In our group to uh, to buy this to buy this defensive midfielder, and uh, and I don't think we'll do it. I think we'll buy a Trippier, and I think that will be enough for us because I think we'll just play one defensive midfielder, and uh, and that's all we'll need. I I agree that I think that that's all we'll need. Um, and for those of you who are not in our, you are listening to the pod, but you're not a part of our group chat, which is basically all of you. Um, the the why. What, I, what we, what the belief is, is that a com- more complete defensive midfielder will absolutely change the game for us. And yes, absolutely, Varane is necessary for that to work because they need the pace behind it to be able to, to support. Uh, but, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm liking the idea more and more of a player like um, Sal Niguez or uh, Ruben Neves from Wolves um, coming in because... They well at least Ruben the Ruben Neves looks appealing in that he's got real Premier League experience. He knows the game. He doesn't need to adapt. He already understands the. I mean, he's a little bit older, so he would not be a long term fix by any means. Um, so maybe that that would be a great option for us to come in and and because he can sit back and he can distribute the ball exactly the way that we need him to, um, and that would free up a partnership of either. Uh, Fernandez and Pogba as, as attacking central mids, or uh, or Fernandez and Van de Beek with Pogba, you know, remaining on the wing until until Rashford returns. You know, there it frees up so many more options, and that's that's really what I think we want. Um, that Southampton team, they they were not the better team, not even close but they played strategically exactly into what was United's biggest weakness last year, which was 
They're lining up in a 4-4-2, sitting back in a low block and uh, waiting, you know, tr- waiting for United to try and unlock the thing. And for only a period of about 20 minutes in the first half and maybe about 15 minutes in the second half, did United press that issue uh, to the point where you thought, oh, okay, United actually might have this. Uh, for the rest of it, it was really on United to, that they didn't seem like they wanted to go after it. And it was, it was really kind of shocking, in my opinion, uh, that a team that is supposed to be challenging for the title, that supposedly has the, the mentality and the hunger to go and win the title this year, would act the way it did. Okay, so it's game two. Yep. So let's not freak out anymore, everybody <laughs> in our group. All right, Kyle, Chelsea, Arsenal, European champion yes. versus relegation fodder. The How'd you sellers dwellers. So um, we won 2-0. Um, previously, the previous three competitive matches we played against Arsenal, Arsenal's won all three. Um, FA Cup from 2020, and then they did the double over us last year. Um, I texted Brandon, texted me over the weekend, and um, we were talking about the matches. And I told him that um, I wanted to see Chelsea come out and um, make a statement of intent. You know, we needed to beat Arsenal because when you compare the two teams where they're both at right now, um, Chelsea is miles ahead of where Arsenal wants to be, let alone where Arsenal are. Um, you know, it was the first game back for Lukaku after he re-signed. Um, you know, How he, good did he, he came look? out and he scored a goal. He, How he looked, good did he look? He looked How like f- he was in a training session. How fit did um, he look? He looks he looks great. And he was um he was just he was he was dominating both center backs. You know, Pablo Marie just looked miserable having to mark him all day. So um, the Lukaku United Right, was twice the size mm-hmm. as this yeah. Lukaku at Chelsea. It is crazy yeah. how good he looks. Was he really that yeah. big? And yeah, he was. He was huge. Yeah. And he and he was used a little differently at United than he was. So when he went to Inter, um, Antonio Conte basically sat him down and said, "Look, you need to learn to do this. You need to learn to play with your back to the ball or your back to goal, or I'm not going to play you." And he learned it and he he like flipped a switch and he he switched his diet up you know he did all these things that you expect a striker of his age and maturity to do to get better and the Lukaku that left Chelsea uh when he was 18 is or when he was 20 is not the Lukaku we have now he's not even the same Lukaku from United like Christian said he looked amazing um he didn't put a foot wrong basically all afternoon he probably should have had two or three um Bird Leno made a, an amazing save um, on his goal line off of a header, so much so that Lukaku had to ask if he had actually made the save. Um, but we looked really good. Um, Reese James was allowed to do whatever he wanted down that right flank. Um, I don't know what um, tactics Mikel Arteta was using. Um, I'm sure our friend Dana would say he had none. But um, Chelsea looked good. There were some instances where Chelsea looked a little fragile. Um there were a couple of corners where Arsenal played a second ball into the box and um, uh, we looked a little weak, but overall it was happy. Yeah, I, uh, I asked my buddy if he wanted to come on and, uh, and talk about the Arsenal side of things. And he said, uh, I'm not really following soccer at the moment. So, oh. 
It was a Tony, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, sorry, guys. <laughs> I was I was a little nervous going into the game just because of the past three games, but as soon as Lukaku showed up and scored, I knew you know this is a different Chelsea from when that was the been... that was the big like question mark about that game, really, wasn't it? I mean, if Lukaku is on, if he's fit, if he's playing like he did at Inter. Chelsea's the better team by far. Like it's not even a question, uh, and that's what we saw. Uh, but like you know, that's that's the that was the only reservation I had going into the game. I know for the pick'em last week, I I chose a draw, um, mainly because of Arsenal's recent history against Chelsea, randomly <laughs> finding a way to beat a team that they shouldn't. Um, but I also knew, you know, there's the chance of Lukaku. You just you can never tell how a player is going to you know, come off in their very first game. There's, there's some players yeah. who they find it right away. There's other ones who, you know, it takes them months and months and months and months. But I, I mean, I am, I'm happy for Lukaku that he has found, uh, he's found uh, his happy place. Like he seems like he's actually enjoying the game again. Um, he definitely wasn't um, the longer he stayed at United. Uh, but I am not happy that he is at a rival. So well, they're not rivals. If but if you're an Arsenal fan right now, right? So what are you thinking? Right? You went 10 years ago, 15 years ago, you were top of the tree with United. And now you've fallen so far behind everybody else. Even United, right? We haven't won the league in 10 years. Right? Like, what are you thinking? There's just no way. You can't see a way back to being the champions of England again, can you? If you're, if you're nah. Arsenal, I Liverpool. I've always had this delusion if, for thirty years, right? This year is our year. Always, they've always had this delusion. Arsenal fans every year are like, "We suck. We're not going to win anything," and they just don't have it. I mean, it's just so horrible for them. Like a lot of my friends are Arsenal fans, and it's just so sad to see. Like yeah. they don't have money. They, I mean, they have money to rebuild, but I've had to spend thirty million on a goalkeeper. Yeah, I mean, they've spent right? the most money out of any of the Prem clubs this transfer window, and you can argue that they really haven't gotten much better than they were last year. You know, they're bringing in Martin Odegaard on a tr- permanent transfer, but he didn't exactly like the world on fire. You know, they brought in Ramsdale, and then Leno has a serviceable game. You know, it, and then you talk about the free transfer from Willie. They've just they've been a mess for four or five years now, and there's so much they have to fix all at once, and they just don't have the ability to do it all. Not to mention some really <clears throat> questionable transfer decisions uh, in there as well. I mean, uh, Nicholas Pepe. It has not shown to be worth half his transfer fee. Uh, Willian was, I mean, that's a joke. It was a joke. We said <laughs> it when, was, yeah. when they made it. It's still a joke today. Um, they're, they're talking about letting him leave on a free right now um, mm. to somewhere in South America. I, I read it this morning. Corinthians. Corinthians. That's it. Thank you. Yeah. Um, it's there's, there's so much that, that needs to be well, fixed. Long- so how long does Arteta last? I'm shocked he's still there. I don't. Oh. I don't know that he deserves much longer at this point. Um, 
at this point, I if I'm Arsenal's board, I'm thinking sack Arteta, uh, bring in a more seasoned manager uh, who can actually rebuild the squad because it it needs it needs overhaul. Yeah. So, you know, you say that, and I agree with you. But then, who do you bring in? Because you know, I've seen Arsenal fans say, "Oh, Antonio Conte's out there." You you think Antonio, a coach of Conte's caliber, who just won the Scudetto, is going to come in and take over Arsenal? It, like after the season has started, after the window has closed, someone who's as a control freak as I've ever met, like as a coach, is in Conte. He's yeah, a mercenary. The, the op- what are the options? Yeah, I, there's enough coaches out there that, that will take the money um, yeah. for, for anything. And, yeah, I mean, I, do, do I have a specific person in mind at the moment? No. Um, but right now, I mean, the, the, the real question is, can it, can, it, uh, you know, can it be any worse than Arteta? Vanger is available. Yeah, uh, sh- should hell. I tell you what would it, should have played out? So a friend of the podcast, Rebecca Lowe, her team, Palace, uh, they hired Vieira. If you'd waited just a few more months, he would probably be the Arsenal boss, right? Mm-hmm. So, how it turns out, I mean, he's probably going to get fired by Palace in two months, so <laughs> that's neither here nor there, right? But still, right. that's I, where he would be. I hear uh, I hear Lampard's available. <laughs> he is. He is. He That'd is be available. Amazing. But he won't. I, I, he wouldn't I, if there yeah he wouldn't do it no. i don't i don't think he'd do it but it would be awful to see it'd be terrible all right i'll tell you, I'll tell you who I, I and i just thought of this right now and, I, and then we could move on um i'll tell you who i would go after if i was arsenal uh and that's um now his name escapes me uh, he's the the manager in uh, uh mexico um he was at, with Atlanta United before then. Um, Martino? Tata Martino? Yeah. Yeah. He has a knack for uh, more or less taking what seems to be in disarray and bringing it back together. And, and I think that that's the, the part. It, like, he wouldn't take Arsenal back to the summit, but he would... He would pull a uh, Renieri kind of thing. Like and, at least get them away from the cliff. Yeah. Yeah. Get them away from the cliff. He'd get them back to the, to the, you know, Europa league spots and whatever. And then they they can sack him and move in for a, a, another manager to, you know, take, take, if they wanted to actually win, win things again. Um, but he would probably be a great stepping stone in between here to, uh, to kind of clean up the mess more or less. So that's personal opinion, but yeah. All right. So moving on, uh, let's talk fantasy recap. What, uh, what's going on in the world of fantasy, Eric? Well, it's gotten so bad after week two, I saw on the Twitter that you're thinking up uh, challenges for me, like the milk, you know, the milk crate challenge, drinking a rolling rock or whatever with a, with a Neverton, a Neverton uh, kid on with a freaking United hat. I love that. Know, because, I will buy brutal. the I will buy the top and the hat if he does it. That's the worst. Eric, part. Get I'll, buy, I'll buy the beer. Is, that, that's easily the worst part. Like, like I can do the. I would like to try the milk chow. I mean, whatever. I'm no decent, no. decent, no, Eric, decent balance. No, Eric, we don't. No, I gotta, I gotta, no. Oh, no, dude, dude, dude I got a decent you. balance, and 
I got a decent core, and I love to drink beer. But that other crap, God. Oh, God. Uh, you do the I milk like crate challenge. The- it's going to become four at the back. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, I like how I like how the breaking point is, like, I don't want to wear that outfit. Not, I want to, cr- like, I want to crawl on something that and fall on hard plastic that could potentially, like, break you, break you. Paralysis but, is cool, but I'm not wearing an Everton kit. Exactly, yeah, like hard line, hard no. Oh man, so uh, it would yeah, have to like be I a said, Pickford kit too. Uh, oh, how do we invite this guy on? Ah, dang it, that's the worst. That's right in the heart, man. That's awful. But, but uh, yeah, like I said, I'm not gonna you know make excuses. Like I said, I'm just not really not good at it. Um, I don't really find a whole lot of joy in it. I'm glad you guys do, which is not for me, but I'm going along with it because. It's part of the pod, man. Let's do it. So we're going to do the top five, the uh, manager's name, the, the um, side's name, the game week two, uh, two total points and the total points of the season. So That's coming right. in at number five. Let's go slowly. Five. Let's go slowly with the top coming five. In, coming in at number five, our very own Christian Winterbottom with FC Seditious 6. He had 50, <laughs> wow, 58 game week two points for a total of 132 points for the season. Um, that's wait, 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 wait. That's, before, that's no one else before, in the top four. Before what? we continue, um, can we continue, Eric? We took. Can we look a little right, deeper? Well, do we want me to Christian continue or not? Week? So number number four, we have Tommy Bull. I think I've seen some of his movies. I don't, uh, then we have a what a jerk, Merseyside Slaughter. What kind of name is that? That's awful. Really? Sixty-seven game week two two points with a total of one hundred thirty-eight points. For Tommy Bull, I'm sure you're a great guy. Ignore Eric, please. <laughs> Um, number is three guy, is Vega. Yeah. Fan, of, fan of the show, Brandon Lore with Disappointment FC, named after his Spurs, apparently. Game week two point uh, total points, 76 points with a 139 total for the season. Uh, a returning, what, champion last year, runner-up. He was up there. Sushot Hani managing yep. Ink Hart. Yep. He had 64 game week two points with a total of 154. And no, Noah Roberts with no talent, A-Clowns, had 83 game week two points with a total of 167, and that is for our public league. Okay, so how are you guys doing? Fine. <laughs> so in I th- am 27th. So 31. Number 31. 31. <laughs> Eric, Eric is 31. Scott is 28. So a one hit wonder. <laughs> Kyle, 27. Manny, 28. Again, 23. Charles, where are you, dude? 18. 18, good for you. Yeah, and that's, that's a lot. 14. That's a lot higher than I started last year, so I'm I'm perfectly fine with it. I'm gonna start climbing the ladder soon. You guys are gonna get worried. Yeah, I I had a really bad first week. I, I galvanized the squad second week, so it's only up from here. Yeah. So right now, the only person who has a higher standing than my mom is Christian. That's right. Oh no, Skip's in 14. Yeah. Sneaky skiff. Okay. For now. So just a, uh, a a secret thing here for everybody. Don't triple captain the guy. <laughs> this goes a hat trick <laughs> next week. Yeah. Just yeah, an FYI to everybody. Yeah. It won't happen two weeks on the run. No. No, and 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 the great news is that Scott still has not used his triple captain. So um, there's a good chance we're gonna see a the first probably possibly not the first ever, but definitely the first one for this league, triple captain for a zero. I'm looking right. forward to it. <laughs> I got three points for my triple captain. That's right. That's right. <laughs> oh, man. Um, 
man. All right. So how about an update on our, our draft league? Draft? All right. So we want to do top five in that or the whole thing? Because there's only eight. Just, so. just run through the whole thing. That's fine. Okay. Well, going from eight to one, myself, Firmino's Choppers, 33 game week total points with a total of 47. Um, number seven, Jen, uh, Jen with Effort with 40 game week uh, two points with 83 total. Um, Charles with Brandon is old with a 42 game week two point total, 86 total uh, of the season. Uh, Brandon with piss off wanker has 56 game week two uh, points for a total of 90. Our very own Kyle with Tommy Tuchel's army has 39 game week two points for a total of 93. Christian with the beautiful game has a game week two total of 47 with 94 total. Philip with Philip with skippers. It sounds like a some kind of weird uh, South Park character or something like that. Has, <laughs> 58 game week two points for a total of 112. And very own Scott with Over the Gill has 78 game week two points with a total of 124. So if I'm not mistaken, the uh, places three through six, uh, there is a difference of less than 10 points. Yes. If that's correct. Yeah. So it's yeah. A, it's we, got a scrap, a, we got a it's scrap a, on our hands. It, we do. It's And honestly, that's that's a good. I'm actually, I'm excited that no one is, uh, you know, it's hey, not like running you- away. Like if you go down just one more place, it's eleven. Like there's only eleven points between. Three yeah, but ten and seven. sounds better. Once you go outside of ten, it's just over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Jen's Jen's yeah. now going to get seventy eight points on the next week and just blow by all of us. <laughs> exactly. That's what no, that's what makes the, um, the that's what makes the draft a little bit better than just the standard league. I like the standard league, but draft is always fun because it, it involves a little bit more strategy. Yeah. you have to go with the players that are available like, so. like popping into the league and grabbing Raphael Varane when no one else wants him I've jumped I've jumped in that uh, thing today did you get him already this is why I hate you I'm, I'm going to try <laughs> and get him too oh, uh, he's already on my squad you can't have him not until it's uh, enacted yeah he's acted is it yep so I do have questions like I don't and this obviously not going to explain it to me right now, but I need somebody to explain to me how you like how do you do transfers? You're okay. you're the league manager, Jen. Yeah, I will no. show you. Jen. No, 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 Jen, no, no, no. Kyle I will show you that one. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Oh, cool. I'll talk I'll ask later. That's fine. <laughs> All right. Very good. Okay. So let's uh, now move on to our favorite one of our favorite parts of the show, uh, the pick'em. All right, we got five games selected for this week. Uh, some of the more exciting ones we've chosen to uh, to talk about and and uh, and look at. First one up, Smashing Villa, who actually have done quite well, even in the absence of Grealish and and with the addition of Danny Ings. Uh, for those of you who didn't see the game last week, go check out his goal. Uh, it was it was really really good. It was a top class goal. Uh, Villa take on Brentford, who have been no slouch since entering the league, mm-hmm. almost uh, looking like a, a Leeds-esque uh, entrant into the league. So going around. Let's... All right. So before we jump in this, how did last week's uh, scores go? So Jennifer. Um, okay. So looking at that, um, nobody was perfect, right? So scores fell between three and one. Um so right now we've got three of us that are sitting at three points. We've got three of us that are sitting at two points and one of us that is sitting at one point. So getting into names, we may want to wait until like next week so we can kind of flesh out 
because <laughs> right now the field is really congested. But just, um, just just tell us who the one point person is. Uh, really? That just seems that seems mean. Like, all right. So, so Christian, do we know so, who the one point person? We, we do, do you know, know who the one point person is. <laughs> so, so hands on really kill sweat. So Jen sends out the the Excel spreadsheet yesterday that says, "Here it is," and Eric's like, "Oh my goodness, I'm at the very bottom," and everyone's yeah. like, "Yeah, I can't believe it," and I'm like, "You guys, I've only got one point." Like, so we have a whole bunch of educators on the podcast who can't read tables. <laughs> so if anybody well, has any complaints about your educator, please write to... <laughs> as I told, as I told Jen yesterday, I don't teach math, so there you go. <laughs> so, yeah, so, like, at this point, it's it's still really tight. I mean, like, it's, it's only a two-point game at this point, so... Is there really a difference? Um, yes, that's what numbers mean. <laughs> okay. Not in Panama so, City, Charles. Oh, fair enough. Okay. Uh, yeah. I didn't take that so, into account. Um, yeah. So, all right. So, fine. Um, Christian's at one. Charles, Eric, and Kyler at two. Me, Scott, and Skiffer at three. Perfect. Yes. Cool. It made me be mean. Okay. Huh. So, our matchups for this week. Villa Brentford. Uh, yeah. Christian. So, yeah. That's okay. No way you guys are going last. <laughs> no, you're going first. No way. <laughs> okay, we will do it. We'll do it kind of in a, a round. Like, everybody can go first once. All right. I'll go. How about, do you want me to go first first? Sure. No, I'll, go, I'll go first. I will go for Villa. Okay. Okay. Win? Well, obviously. I mean, yeah, I mean, I Villa... <laughs> Well, it, it, I don't know. Villa win I don't want to. I don't want to put words in your mouth, Christian. I don't want to say it for you. Uh, okay, I typed Villa, so that means he picked Villa. Okay. <laughs> okay, so Charles. Uh, draw. Okay. Kyle. Uh, draw. I'm gonna have to go back and pick my stuff because I picked draw too. Jesus. All right, you uh, shouldn't be changing your answers based on us. I'm trust me, like no, I actually did last time. I waited until I input everybody else's, and I tried to pick things that were different. So you cheated? That's cheating. No, I just went. It's a little back. bit of an advantage there, Eric. Yeah. Uh, give me Villa two one. Yeah, well, okay. Scott hasn't gotten his in yet, and Skiff picked Villa. So, so Scott has gone for Chelsea in that game. Yes. <laughs> Sure, let's go with that. So I'll give him a little bit and then throw him under the bus later. So next one is Everton Brighton. So Charles, you want to go first on this one? Sure. Um, I'm going to go Everton on this one. Okay. So Eric, you picked draw. Yes. I picked Brighton. Gift pick draw. So Kyle, what you feeling, buddy? I'm gonna go Brighton. All right. Is this, is this down in? Uh, is this at Brighton? Yes. So yes. yeah, Everton at Brighton. Okay, I went for Brighton. Okay. All right. I'm the only one who chose Everton. Right. 
Well, no, there's two draws, Eric and Skiff. Well, that's different than choosing Everton. <laughs> True. But I'm just saying, like, you're not the only person. Never mind. Whatever. Okay. So, Chelsea at Liverpool. Kyle. Chelsea. Hey, so, so, we haven't talked about this game. Oh. Talk about it. So, let's have uh, two perspectives here, right, before we, before we go into this. So, Liverpool fans... So you're at home, you're right. playing the European champions. Right. How do you feel? Nervous. But you've got Salah, Mane, and Bobby. I didn't say, all right, so nervous versus on the cliff, ready to jump. You know That's what I mean? Eric. Like, yes, 100%. So, um, yeah, no, I mean, like, I'm, I'm nervous. I'm, I am interested to, see, like, okay. I feel good about our, our defense. Um, Lukaku is going to be a problem, um, but I'm interested to see the matchup between him and, and Virgil um, and Joel Matip, and I'm, I'm interested to see how that plays out. Uh, it'll be interesting. Of, like, I don't – do we have Andy back? You know, is Robertson back? Who? Is uh, oh, Robertson. Andy Robertson. So, you know, Samikas did well. Right, you know right. I mean? But – He's still like proving him, you know, like he's still cutting his teeth, you know what I mean, in the Premier League and that kind of stuff. Um, I'm interested to see how the midfield shakes out. Um, and so, who would you have in midfield against Chelsea's uh, midfield? Henderson, Thiago. I don't know, like, I thought Harvey Elliott did a really good job, but I don't. I, I, you worry about this being too big a stage mm. for an 18 year old kid. Um, and Fabino is his dad just died, you know what I mean? And so I think he's still on bereavement stuff. Right. Um, I don't know. Like at this point, I like her coach, I feel like he knows what he's doing. So just you uh-huh. do your thing, cop. <laughs> All right. So, Eric. There's no prediction right now, right? So just tell us what you think about the game. Okay. Jen had a pretty good – she pretty much nailed it. Um, it'll be interesting to see how uh, our back line handles uh, a talent like Lukaku, his, his size, how big he is. And, <clears throat> you know, I've seen I've – seen He's not big anymore. Speak. I don't mean that way, but, I mean, he's still a physical force. He's a meant, solid dude. He's yeah. not. He's not. He's really not. Okay. He was, but he's not anymore. I've seen some of our fans suggest we put a uh, uh, Kanate on there. Kanate is our biggest, him and Van Dyke, our biggest, most physical, um, you know, center back, our new signing. But he's a 20 year old kid and his first Premier League action. I don't want to drop him in there no, versus, you do a, not. A, versus a mighty Chelsea. So mm. for the back line, I would go with Van Dyke. I would go with Matip. Matip's been having a, a great season. And you look at him and go, I, I true against nobody's. I, I get it. But. But I've always argued that I thought Gomez was a better player. And I've had people shout at me on Twitter saying, no, 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 Matt, when Matt's fit, he's a better player. And I, so far, so good. Um, we haven't had good competition, so we'll see how that shakes out. But so far as the midfield, I like to see how midfield goes against their midfield. I would start I would start Hendo. I would start um, Tiago. And I would start um, Fabinho as well. I, I have heard Fabinho is going to come back for this game. We'll see. That's chatter. You know how that goes. But, uh, uh, yeah, so uh, looking, for, looking forward to a good game. So. Oh, right. Yeah. So that's a Liverpool perspective. Kyle. 
So um, I I don't think Lukaku is going to find it as easy as he did against Arsenal. Um, Van Dijk and whoever he's, whoever lines up next to him is instantly going to be a better center back pairing than Pablo Marie and um, Robert Holding. Um, I think the key will come down to the midfield. Um, based on what you guys have said, I would give the advantage right now to our midfield just because of the pieces you guys have missing with Fabinho. And I don't know if Tiago's fit or fully fit. Um, but uh, I think it's going to be a good game. The I don't think – I think it will be closer – the second match from last season where we won 1-0 and it was a closer match than the first game last season where you guys came to Stamford Bridge and beat us 2-0, but you probably could have beat us 3 or 4-0. Um, so I, I think it's going to be a hard-fought game. I'm glad we're going to Anfield early in the season. It sucks that we're going to be, you know, there, we have to face a full Anfield, which is a tall order, but I think this team is um, mentally prepared for it. I think Tuchel will have them ready. Um I love our backline. Our backline plays very cohesive. You know, when one moves up, another one fills the position. You know, they all know they're all in sync. So I think it's going to be a really good game. I think it'll be another close game, um, but um, I'm looking forward to it. Um, this is the most confident I've felt early about a Chelsea team in a long time because, you know, how they finished last year and how they've started the season so far. Granted, it's only been two games, but. It's been two games that I've enjoyed watching. So I think it'll be good. Charles, from, an, from a, someone who doesn't really care. Both teams are shite. Nil-nil draw. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you, Roy Kent. In, in all seriousness, though, neither, neither team is, is, uh, has shown the, the wherewithal or the experience to break down a, re- a, a good side yet. So I put nothing on them. I really think it's going to end nil-nil. All right. Okay. So we it's will go... Two. Three, so we will go to <laughs> predictions, I guess now, Jennifer. So uh, you can lead it. Okay, so Kyle has put his answer in with Chelsea. Um, so score? To... Did he have a score as well? Uh, are we doing scores? I didn't have a score, but finish. I would. Okay, I'll say I'll say uh, one nothing. I think it's going to be really tight. Mm. Okay. Call on Let's the next, next person. So, Eric? I went with a draw as well. You know that because I gave it to you earlier. I'm going to go a, a 2-2 thriller. I think one team scores a late goal and ties it up. So, we get one point. So. I'd be okay with that. So, skip Yeah, I'd be fine draw. with that too. So, okay. Um, I'm trying to manifest this into reality. and <laughs> I put down Liverpool. So... Speak it into existence. That's fine. All right. So, Charles? No, no, draw. Aye, aye, aye. Okay. Kyle, that's is, is uh, the, the Brazilian back for you guys? Is it Silva? Is that what it's called? Tiago Silva. Yeah. Tiago Silva. Um, he was on the bench against Arsenal. He was unused sub. He came in late because of the. Um, I think it was the Copa, the Copa America. He was with the Brazilian team for the Copa America. Um, I don't know if he's ready to start. I think Tuchel's probably going to slow play him a little bit because he's up there in age. And right now, um, Rudiger Christensen and um, Espelicuaz are playing really well together. So he's back. I don't know if he'll start. Yeah. 
I don't know if he'll start, but he is back. All right. I'm going 3-1 Liverpool. What? He's oh, putting the okay. reverse on us. I'm not. I'm, I'm not. I'm really not. <laughs> All right. Next matchup, Burnley leads. Sounds like a, an unfortunate thing you catch when you're hanging out. And <laughs> Sounds like you got to go to the side. It does. It actually kind of does. <laughs> so, okay. So. Jen, I think you're up first on this one. Um, I can't figure out what I just did. Oh, cool. So, hold on. No, no, no. Look, all right. So this is what I get for trying to type and listen and talk all at the same time. Like, I have no idea what I just said. So we'll go with Skiff picked a, he picked leads. So that's, all right. I'm going to go draw. Actually, I do still have that one. Draw. Eric. Uh, I believe I said draw as well, didn't you? No, you put leads. Okay. Uh, then I put leads. I'll just read go. what you put down. Leads, okay. Um, so, Charles. Uh, Leads. 2 0, something like that. Okay. And Christian. So, I don't think we should ever have Leads as one of the pick because I'm never going to pick them. So, Burnley 4 <laughs> 0. Okay. Fair. Know your strengths, know your weaknesses. Kyle, what you feeling, buddy? Leads. Okay. All right. And our final matchup of the weekend is Manchester United at Wolverhampton. So of the people that have submitted their picks, um, so far we're all picking Man United. So me, Skiff, and Eric have all picked Man United. Charles, Charles, uh, what do you think about this game? Uh, I think this game, honestly, I expect United to dominate it, uh, especially with what happened last weekend against Southampton. Uh, the fact that it's away doesn't matter, I don't believe. United runs its uh, <clears throat> its unbeaten away streak to, to 28 games or 27 games, whichever we're up to now, and takes the league record. Uh, it's not going to be close, 3-0. Okay, Kyle, what are you thinking? Um, I think United is going to come out with a point to prove. Um, they really should have left um, St. Mary's last weekend with all three points. Um, I think uh, United all win. Okay, Grand Finale. What you thinking? Easy win for United. Easy. So, um, if Scott doesn't pick Man United, <laughs> it's going to either be feast or famine for all of us because so far we are unanimous. Um, don't prove us wrong. Man United, that would be fabulous. Scott's still looking at the XG. You got to give him time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's still, he's still uh, uh, making sure that the, a lifetime supply of baby oil is sent to, uh, to well, I don't even know what their new stadium is called anymore. I keep wanting to call it White Hart Lane, but it's three the, points lane. The London Stadium. Oh, the London Stadium. Look at him. All right. So, <laughs> Scott has, right at the last minute, gotten his picks in. He picked oh. five straight draws. <laughs> <laughs> Did he really? Yeah. This is why we're kicking him off the podcast. <laughs> draw, 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 draw. <laughs> oh, my God, there's a text. That's great. 
Oh my gosh. All right. Well, now Scott's in uh, mid-season form already, I can see. Okay, well, that uh, that wraps up our pick'em for this week. Uh, I'm going to kick it over to you, Eric. What's uh, What's been going on in the world of football? Well, as it'll be more uplifting than last week, let me tell you. But um, one thing that uh, that I alluded to a while back is on the pod, we're always, you know, in our, our group chat, we're always fighting. We got United versus Chelsea, Liverpool, Spurs in the mix. You know, we're always arguing about something, but... One thing we don't argue about is the love for our Knowles. A lot of us are either alumni or, or fans of the school. And uh, one of the sports that the school does, many sports that the school I think does really well is, is football. So we actually have a women's, those of you who don't know, don't kind of follow us too closely at FSU. We have a women's football team and are quite, quite good reaching the, uh, the championship match last year. The, the championship They're the game. best team in the country. Not quite, yeah. quite good. They're ranked number one right don't now. Play it down, dude. They, they are. No, no, no. They're good. They're good. They're good. But, um, so we started off 2-0. and We beat uh, Alabama and, and Texas A&M. And thanks to our, our senior, uh, one of our senior captains, a defender, Jalen Howell. She got some uh, U.S. National, uh, women's national team time this summer. Fantastic player. Came back for her senior season. Just a fantastic leader on and off the pitch. And she was actually named ACC Defender of the Week uh, the, after the first week of the season. And it's our first ACC Player of the Week honor, which is really, really cool. So she helped us get two uh, clean sheets against number nine, Texas A&M, and uh, Alabama most recently. And I believe she had just an absolute world. She had a blast, I think, that was fantastic. We could put it up on her Twitter for you guys to see it. So we're all excited to see where the Lady Knowles go this year. Um, a lot of uh, – it is called the World Football. We have a lot of international players on the team. And uh, she's uh, just a fantastic uh, player for our Lady Knowles. So we'll see what she, where she goes from here. But congratulations, Jalen, on the honor. That's uh, absolutely, absolutely accurate. We'll definitely have to get that video tweeted out on, on the, <clears throat> on the pod account so everybody can see it. Cause it's a, it's a great goal. I mean, it really is please, one of those. Uh, please also, if you can show the video of the Alabama goalkeeper scoring an own goal. Oh, I haven't seen that video. I'll It's fantastic. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. Definitely. We'll get that out there. Uh, and definitely want to hear from everybody uh, about what your thoughts are on these, this week's games. Uh, and where you uh, where do you think everybody's stacking up? I mean, Man City's uh, sitting at at just one win and one loss right now. They're sitting behind everybody, but everybody picked them to win the league. Are they coming back? What do you think? Send us your thoughts, and we will see everybody next week.